This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we get into today's episode, we would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the Wondery people of the Kulin Nation who are the traditional owners of this land. We pay our deepest respects to the elders, past and present, and to the next generation who we hope to create a different future for. The best career advice that you are not getting is to invest. Hello and welcome to Your Ingrid Company, a podcast that makes investing accessible for everyone. I'm Maddie, and as always, I'm in some very good company with my co-host Sophie. Mads, we're back. Happy New Year, happy season three, new season, new intro. Yeah, thanks. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I love how you don't run it fast when you just like chuck it straight, straight in there. <laughs> no, I like it. We're making investing accessible for everyone. It works. <laughs> Coming up on today's episode, why oh why are my stocks doing so badly at the moment? And is now really a good time to be investing? I feel like that's a question we're seeing like a lot on social yes. media. And as always, we share some insights into the stocks that we have our eyes on at the moment and are adding to our growing watch list. I must admit, bit of a teaser, I don't add a stock. I add something different. Interesting. You'll have to wait till the end of the episode to hear that. (laughs) But before we go any further, how was your summer? I feel like the December break isn't really a a holiday. Like, I feel like it's so nice. It's good weather, but like there's so many events. Oh, it's chaos. That you have to attend. So many family members. Like it's a great time of year. It's definitely my favorite time of year, but I didn't really relax. Fair. <laughs> How was yours? I feel like I actually did relax. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> but my biggest concern was that the summer was going to go really quickly and I wasn't going to feel like I had a break, but I actually feel like I had a break. So I do. <laughs> I do that every day. I'm like, oh, now I've only got nine days, eight days, oh, seven days. It's so actually, sad. That's why I wasn't relaxing. Yeah, true. <laughs> but I feel like we were so switched off this summer regardless. I was reading. I wasn't on my phone as much. And now we've come back into the swing of things and my portfolio looks really upset. It's pretty red. I know. I couldn't actually believe it, to be honest. I feel like I didn't listen to any news over summer. I completely switched off, like you said, stopped listening to my regular podcasts and then came back this week and I was like, what is going on? You know, the funny thing, it's like not even the reading the news that told me that like there's going to be some stock issues, which we're going to jump into, but it was all, everything on social media, it was TikToks and Instagram. Oh my gosh, I know. And all the memes being like crying about your stock market. And I was like, wait, what's happened? Oh no, what's happened? Literally, I think one, one of my favorite was there was this TikTok that I watched and it was like, crypto investors and it was like is this your first time and it's like yes <laughs> really related to that no, one <laughs> not my first time <laughs> so let's jump into it then what is happening to the stock market at the moment yeah we started having this conversation this week we were messaging each other talking about what is going on why are our stocks down and then I feel like we really had to stop ourselves and be like no let's look into this and then talk about this on mic because for so many of our community people have started investing pretty recently 
And I think for a lot of us, this is kind of the first real like crash that we've experienced or first real downturn in our portfolios. Yeah. So let's take it back a bit maybe. So what's happening the moment is pretty much the NASDAQ, which is an exchange in the US, has fallen more than 10% since, since its peak in November last year. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> and technically this means that the NASDAQ is officially in what they call a correction. Yeah. So I actually had to look up what a correction was. So did it's I. kind of word that I'm like, <laughs> Like, I know what it means, but like what, I don't know what it actually it, means. What does it technically mean? <laughs> so a correction is simply a drop of 10% or more for any type of asset, which is what we've seen with the NASDAQ. But it also can be for, a correction could be for like an individual stock or an individual bond. So like if you own a stock and it's dropped more than 10%, then technically that specific stock's also in, in a correction. Yes. So I did find a stat that I thought was quite interesting. According to a report from CNBC and Goldman Sachs, The average correction for the S&P 500 throughout history has lasted four months on average. Right. And it's fallen about 13% before recovering. So I actually just thought that was quite good because I think one of the biggest things that I've been kind of thinking about at the moment, and not that that this means, you know, this is an average timeframe, so it doesn't mean that this is necessarily going to be the case for this one, but I'm like, how long is this going to last? Yeah. (laughs) I want to buy the dip and I don't know where it is. (laughs) I also feel like, because you know we are also new to investing like we've been investing for what maybe two or three years now and besides kind of COVID times we haven't really experienced this kind of crash before but it was kind of nice to see in the research that we've did is that this has happened before yes this is not a new concept it's happened the last time it happened was you know over 20 years ago when the tech bubble burst Mm. which sounds like a lot of jargon but really it's just about when you know the internet kind of erupted and everyone was putting all their money into internet stocks and then that burst. But it's kind of comforting to know that this is this is a part of the, I guess, volatility of the stock market. Yeah, it's quite interesting. I was reading there are often particular sectors or industries that like drive the correction. And I think in this case, it seems very tech focused. Like mm. the NASDAQ, the exchange in the US that has dropped so much, that is a very tech dominated exchange. Yeah, because it holds the likes of like, you know, Facebook, Apple, yes. what, Tesla, all of those big tech companies. So if they're all going down, it's going to drag the index pretty quickly. Ouch. <laughs> Speaking of... I'm keen to hear, like, what are your worst performing stocks at the moment? Like, what percentage drops have you experienced? So, unfortunately, my Sonos. No. (laughs) Which was, if you haven't listened to our thesis app, I go on and on about how amazing Sonos is. I mean, it did pretty well. And it will in the future. I have a long-term view. Nice. But that, that's been down about 17%. Ooh. Just note, this is at time of recording. Whenever yep. you're listening, this might vary. But about 17% in the past five days. Um, also Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> She's down. She's down. But also Tesla's a bit of a funny one because I feel like Tesla's so volatile. It as is. is. <laughs> but it is really my tech part of my portfolio, which is down at the moment. What about you? Mine is even worse, oh, I'm God. sad to say. <laughs> but I will preface this by... like. I've been resenting my ETFs recently and putting more money into tech stocks and these are the ones that are now really down. So I recently bought Zip, down 26%. Oh, I didn't know you bought Zip. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I bought Megaport, down 28%. <laughs> Still believe in Megaport. Don't worry yep. about that one. And here is the real kicker. My ARK ETF, ticker ARKK, is down 38% since I bought it. <laughs> It's not oh, funny because one day you'll yeah, be if you rich. If you don't laugh, you'll cry. Exactly. <laughs> and long-term investing, like we said. Yeah, and I think that's the point of this is like to overall contextualize, 
some of our stocks are down, but if you are diversifying and you're investing for the long term, this is just a correction that's happening and that's normal in the market. And also, I'm pretty proud to say that my overall portfolio is still up by like a pretty decent amount. It's just like maybe the ones I've invested in more recently Lovely. haven't done so well. <laughs> so call out to you guys. We want you to jump into our Facebook community and we're going to make a thread. We want to know your worst performing stocks at the moment. <laughs> why I find it so entertaining it's like we're losing money it's big room but we're not you're not unless you sell we all need to comfort each other we do so we know what has happened our portfolios are down the tech stocks in particular are hurting but why is this happening why is this the case so there's definitely a couple of reasons it's not just like a one thing is happening the first is definitely rising inflation which leads to rising interest rates which let's break that down. Start with the inflation. Yeah. So first things first, inflation has risen to 7% in the US in the December quarter, which for context, the target inflation rate in Australia is like two to 3%. So seven is extremely high. And that's like, that is the rate at which prices are increasing. Yeah. It's pretty hectic. And it's everyday consumer goods. It's the things that you're spending on. But when inflation rises like that, usually the Federal Reserve in in America will step in and try and do like certain types of policies, monetary or fiscal policy that will bring inflation back down. And one of the ways that they do this is increasing interest rates. So if there's increasing interest rates, Mads, what does that mean for the stock market? So basically, we've had really low interest rates for quite a while now because the government's been trying to encourage people to like spend throughout the pandemic. Mm. So basically money has been super cheap. So for example, if you were going for a home loan, like you could get money for your house for really cheap and you wouldn't have to pay very much interest on your repayments. But now if interest rates rise, it means that money isn't so cheap anymore. So if you take out a mortgage, you'll have to pay more interest back on your loan. And if you think about it, I guess the impact on the stock market there is that if there's less money in circulation because people are being more conservative, it means that there's less cash going into the into the stock market. And the other part of the interest rate, I guess, is that if they're really high, then you're going to be wanting to put your money in the bank. Because if you could make interest on your bank account, it's like so safe, then that's people are going to put money in the bank and they're not going to be putting money in the stock market. Yeah. So it's it's like kind of combination. Yeah, I was actually chatting to my grandma about this and she was telling me that I think it was like maybe in the 90s or late 80s, interest rates in Australia hit an all-time high of like 17%. Yeah. Can you imagine if you could put money in the bank account, very safe, and earn 17%? I actually do remember this because I feel like my parents were maybe at the stage where they were buying their first house. Oof, and ouch. interest, Yeah, and interest rates were at that level. So if you're getting a loan... <laughs> That hurts. And paying 17% interest. No, thank you. Not good. (laughs) So this has all been happening in the US, but I guess it's also quite relevant to talk about what's sort of flowing through in Australia because we're also seeing the Australian stock market hit by this. Yeah, because I guess you can't expect that we all have these, you know, effects from COVID and the ramifications from that and then for us not to have any economic consequences as well. Yeah, exactly right. So actually on the day that this episode is released, the RBA will meet and they will make an announcement around interest rates. So we're not sure what's going to happen there. Experts are saying that they're probably not going to rise until later in this year. But we did see last week the Australian Bureau of Statistics come out and say that inflation has risen to 3.5%. So pretty much that just means that everything's getting more expensive. (laughs) You might have noticed your petrol costs are up at the moment. And potentially also your groceries and all of your household consumption goods. (laughs) 
So to recap, one of the first reasons that we're seeing the stock market crashing at the moment is because of the announcements that have been coming out around inflation. It's also really important to note that this is not just unique to the US or Australia. It's happening around the world. We are probably going to be seeing it across Europe as well. So it's not just the NASDAQ or the ASX, but it's likely going to be a global trend that we will continue to see in the coming months. We are going to take a quick break for our sponsors, but we'll be right back to chat more reasons why our stocks are down at the moment. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, Mads, I guess we kind of touched on, like, inflation. And I think that all really stems from the fact that we've had a really long period of COVID now. What has it been? What are we in 2022? Far too long. It's been like two years. Can you imagine if when we're in March of 2020, you told us that we would still be talking about this and it would still be impacting our lives I in know. like Feb of 2022? I actually, I actually had a conversation with someone at work and I was like, when do you think we'll start talking about COVID? <laughs> like what year? Oh, I don't want to think. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully this is it. I'm I'm fing- crossing my fingers. Okay, let's hope. But no, we were just going to say that the reason why this inflationary pressures and fears have really gone up is because it really revolves around the supply chain. So COVID has impacted the supply chain a lot, meaning that there's less product or service in circulation. You know, it impacts in the service industry humans because they can't go to work or in the product industry, again, humans because they can't manufacture products. Did you see all the stuff a couple of weeks ago about the chicken shortage? And I think it was KFC not having chicken. <laughs> what? How does that, what happens there? Yeah, I think it was because like factories didn't have workers and. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> so no disaster. chicken. <laughs> no Kentucky fried chicken. <laughs> but I guess it's, it's actually just that. If you don't have people being able to provide the product or service, then you have no supply and therefore prices go up. And that's what inflation is. And that's what we're seeing happening. Yeah, and I think people are also still sort of bracing. They're being a little bit more cautious with their money because, I mean, the year ahead still looks kind of uncertain. I feel like the next five years no. are uncertain <laughs> at this point. <laughs> so we've got inflation under the belt. We know the impact that COVID has had that is sort of leading to what is going on at the moment with the correction. But there is something else playing out in the US at the moment that is also having an impact. Yes, and that is quarterly earnings announcements or season, as some would call it, in the US. Yeah, so this is basically just where public companies uh, announce their earnings and like their results. And this normally happens four times a year, January, April, July, and October. Maybe we should do an episode about earnings seasons. I think we absolutely should. And fully explain them. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great (laughs) idea. We'll just park that. (laughs) So it's important to note that I guess regardless of correction or not and what's happening on at the moment, 
earnings season is often quite a volatile time because companies come out and they say, you know, how they've been tracking and it might be better or worse than expectations. And then they also come out and sort of say, and this is what we're expecting for the next quarter. Yeah. And for people who hold that stock, like if that's disappointing news, they might sell it. Or if it's better than expected, it might lead them to buy it. Yeah. So it's a time where we see stocks go up and down regardless. So not to bring up inflation again, but we spoke about the tech industry, obviously, and we're kind of seeing really similar trends with the quarterly announcements that are coming out of some of these technology companies and they're underperforming for various reasons. So I know that you added Netflix to our watch list, you know, either in season one or season two. Yeah. Initially this, I was very upset about because I pitched it and I thought it was such a good pitch and then I didn't invest in it and it did really well. And I was like, oh, I should have known that I'm good at this. An incredible investor. (laughs) Duh. But now... (laughs) Uh, Netflix is down 24% after the company revealed that they had softer subscriber growth numbers in the last quarter. I actually cancelled my Netflix over summer. Great. So this is your fault. (laughs) Thank you for that. It's okay. I actually didn't invest. I'm just a a drop in the ocean. But this is interesting because growth numbers or subscriber numbers has nothing to do with inflation or prices rising because it's a service, right? Like it's not impacting necessarily. I don't know if they've had any price hikes recently or not. Oh, they did actually. Oh, so maybe that's why. Oh, it's it's inflation again. (laughs) But it is interesting because it's not just the inflation part. It's also the quarterly earnings part. And then it kind of like, it's that snowball effect. 100%. I also remember, I think I said this in the pitch that that Netflix share price often jumps around based on subscriber numbers in the short term. Like it can be a little bit up and down when they say like, oh, we've had heaps of people when Squid Games comes out or like we've had people drop off. I think a really important thing to note at the moment is if you are obviously seeing stocks go down and there has been a quarterly report released to try and understand what's happened in that quarterly report because if it's actually because of reasons other to like other than inflation, it's still really good to understand that as an investor and not just make the assumption that like, oh, everything's crashed because it could change your conviction about it. It could keep you in the stock, but it's just a different point. Like keeping them separate is important. Yeah, I think we spoke about this in episode six of our summer series and like reasons to sell and I guess sort of keeping track of your portfolio. I think just understanding why the stock is moving can be super helpful because it can either be like a short-term blip that you're comfortable with and you can, you're happy to keep holding or it might even be a buying opportunity. But on the converse, it might be something that's actually quite important to you that changes your thesis and actually might trigger you to reconsider your holding in that stock. So we've looked at some of the reasons why this correction is happening and I feel like now all I see on social media is like, what do I do about it? So true. And my head's like, what do I do about it? I know. I'm also like, I want to buy the dip, but when is it? <laughs> and I'm also like, don't check your portfolio. But then you're like, you need to look at your portfolio and work out how down your stocks are to put in this episode. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, really? Do I have to? <laughs> well, one of my favorite things that I have seen on social media is a Warren Buffett quote. Mm-hmm. And it says, I will tell you how to become rich. Close the doors. Be fearful when others are greedy. Be greedy when others are fearful. When you first told me, you texted me this quote, I was like, <laughs> what does that mean? But then someone did a diagram on Instagram and that always really helps. I'm so visual. <laughs> but it's pretty much just that when everyone, when everyone's greedy, like they're going at the stock market, it's quite bullish. People are putting in lots of money. They're buying at that, like the top bit. I.e. us in December last year. Yeah, <laughs> buying into all the tech stocks. But when people are fearful, as they are right now, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of volatility. People are holding back a little bit. That could potentially, potentially be a good time to buy. 
Yeah, I, and I think now is the perfect time to really go back to your strategy that yep. you set yourself when you started out investing. For me, dollar cost averaging is one of the most obvious ones that comes to mind. I think when I think about back to like the start of COVID in March of 2020, and I was a very new investor. So although my stocks went down, I didn't really have that much in the stock market. Mm. So I was like, no, I'll just do what I oh, like, you know, what I said I'd do. And I would keep dollar cost averaging in. And that strategy for that period has worked out really well for me. Mm. I have to say it's like a little bit scarier this time because my stakes in the stock market are a bit higher, but I think it's like going back to that point and remembering like sticking to your goals and sticking to your strategy that works for you. It's a good time to do it. Well, let me just reiterate because I feel like you've mentioned maybe like two times now in the past half an hour, like when to buy the dip, maybe just buy towards your strategy, Maddie. I know. True. (laughs) That's a very good point. I should not try and buy the dip. I should just stay consistent. (laughs) Nice. I think the other one that you might hear about a lot and something we've discussed is that it's also a time to potentially find undervalued companies. So when the stocks are going down, it might be a time where a stock actually becomes cheaper. I mean, the technical definition for undervalued is that the market price, so the price you can buy it for on like your brokerage platform is less than its intrinsic or its actual value that it could provide to society or based off its balance sheet or whatever else. Which I feel like can seem like a pretty daunting task. Like I would love to find an undervalued stock, but like how do I actually do that? I know. And people dedicate like their whole careers to doing that. (laughs) But I really, when I thought about it, like a good link that I would make is to our summer series episode five, where we talk about some of the numbers and how we value companies. And one of those metrics that really stood out to me was the price to earnings ratio, which you spoke about Mads. And we're not going to go into much detail about it because you can go and listen to that episode. But you say that when you're valuing a company, if you look at that metric and compare it to the industry average or to its competitors, you can work out whether something's maybe undervalued or overvalued. So going and taking little steps like that and looking at maybe particular metrics will help you understand if something is undervalued or overvalued. Yeah. I think the other thing that I'm really trying to do at the moment, and I mean, we just touched on it then with you telling me I should just stick to my strategy, (laughs) but it's like really checking in with myself, especially as like quite a new investor. I feel like you've been influencing me a little bit. (laughs) With what? So when I started out investing, I was like very like pro ETF, safe, good. (laughs) And then you slash like doing this podcast and like speaking to really interesting guests and hearing their watch list additions. I've gotten like very into the growth stocks. (laughs) Don't you go blaming your ready in your portfolio on me because that's my risk profile. Yeah, look, (laughs) I think I have been neglecting my ETFs a little bit and, you know, we've been in this like tech bubble so to say you know Mm. I've seen the correction in the Nasdaq and I think I've been for since I started investing I've been seeing all these tech stocks go up and do really well and I've been a bit sucked into it if I'm honest yeah you know I haven't been sticking to the percentages in my portfolio that I said I wanted to with ETFs versus individual stocks I've definitely been going a bit more risky yeah and I think now is the perfect time to actually be like okay I know I'm new to this and I know that things have been really nice for a little while now, but actually it isn't necessarily always this good in one, you know, in one industry or sector. Yeah. It's a good lesson for us, for people that haven't really experienced a correction before, that that is why a strategy is so important. People don't just say that 
you know, and we're learning too. Like we've been saying that, but we maybe we didn't really understand the capacity of it. But that's why it's so important to stick to a strategy because the stock market can go up and down. We have this awesome thread in our Facebook group at the moment and someone posted saying like, you know, this is the first time like my stocks are really down, like what's going on? And some of the comments were so good. I was laughing. It was like, think of it as a New Year's sale on shares. <laughs> my favorite was if you bought a house and prices were down, would you sell it? True. No. That's such a good point. No. Or like check again in 20 years. Yeah, I was just trying, I literally was like liking all the comments. I was like, this is so good. Yeah, someone's just like, um, they said like, don't check your portfolio. And then in capital, it was like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I'm like, that's great. Savage. <laughs> Do that. To really just round up this conversation, it's, you know, our strategies, and we speak about it all the time, is to invest for the long term, right? Correct. So this will happen in the stock market, but if you have your eyes on 30 years time, and if you look at any graph that has, you know, a dip in the stock market, you still see that it does go up even after the dips, not necessarily that that's past performance as an indicator of future performance, but that's what we've seen historically. So I think for you and me, we've had conversations that we're just like, think about when we're 40. Yeah, I think this has been a great lesson for both of us and our community by the sounds of things, which I love that, you know, it's stick to your strategy and think long term. Exactly. Season three watch list is back. If you are new to your in good company, this is when we ask our guests and ourselves <laughs> to add a stock company news trend or industry to our watch list. And the purpose of this is just to get us thinking outside of our box. We're not financial advisors, so this is purely for educational purposes only and doesn't constitute financial advice. You're coming home with me. So Mads, what are you adding to the watch list today? My addition to the watch list today is more of like a fun exercise that I want to trial. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm pitching a stock with ticker BEAR, B-E-A-R, and it's the BetaShares Australian Equities BEAR Hedge Fund. Okay, that's a lot of words. So I'm adding this fund to the portfolio and I want to add it for one month only. Are you allowed that? (laughs) I can allow it, but like it goes against everything we've just said. I know, but this is why it's a fun exercise because I want to try and illustrate why dollar cost averaging is better than trying to time the market. Okay. I'm going to attempt to time the market with this watch list edition. Okay. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go with it. And I'm just hoping that this is all fictional. Okay. So bear is designed to go up in value when the market goes down and vice versa. So basically this ETF seeks to generate returns that are negatively correlated to the stock market. So it's like shorting the stock market. Exactly. (laughs) So at the moment we're talking about how the ASX is on a bit of a downward trend. Yes. So I'm basically betting that it's going to continue, and I say betting very deliberately, (laughs) that it's going to continue to go down for the next month. I'm Please do not take this as actual thoughts. I'm completely (laughs) speculating. I've just done a month for like, you know, fun, for purposes of checking in. Yeah. Which basically means that this ETF is going to increase in value for the next month. Okay. Well, in a month's time, everyone quote us our fourth episode, fourth or fifth episode for the season. We will check in to see where this bear has gone. (laughs) For one month and one month only, this is not staying in the portfolio for long. I will, oh no, actually, yeah. And that's done. No, no, I think, I will note that BetaShares actually says on their, on the page about this one, that it's not recommended for long-term investments because we know that like the share market does historically go up over time. Mm. So if you're going to buy and hold this one, like it's 
probably not going to do so well. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bit of a funny one. Personally, I would never actually put my money in this because I am a long-term investor, which means I hope the stock market's going to go up. But I am pretty intrigued to see how this one goes. (laughs) Nice. Like the exercise. It's good. What are you adding to our watch list today? Okay, well, I'm just going to be boring old Jane again. (laughs) (laughs) My middle name is actually Jane, so it makes sense. Is your middle name Jane? As if you don't know that. I think I did know that. Oh, my God, we both have the same middle name. Yeah, but yours is double barrel. Louisa Jane. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a a boring old Louisa Jane. (laughs) But I am adding an investing book. And when I say an investing book, I mean any investing book that you want to read. I'll mention a couple, but it feels a bit more like a recommendation than adding to the watch list. But it feels really necessary given this episode. So what my thoughts were around it is that most investing books are written by people that have been in the market for a really long time. So if you look at like books like One Up on Wall Street by Peter Lynch or The Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham, they both give out pieces of advice or, you know, detail circumstances when the market has crashed before and what happens and what happens afterwards. And like in my mind, that's free advice for all of us who might have not experienced this before. I actually started reading One Up on Wall Street over the summer based off the back of your recommendation. I say started because like it's not, it's really interesting. I really enjoyed it over the summer. It's kind of like a lot to read the whole book. So I've read the first maybe quarter. But what would you say are some of like the key learnings that you have taken away from? I feel like some of the key learnings are volatility can be your friend if you really understand what you're invested in. So I guess we spoke about like the undervalued, overvalued. So they do speak about that. They also speak about the fact that, you know, the general trend of the stock market does go up and over the long term, the market will really revert back to its intrinsic value. And one of the best lessons I feel like I get out of any of these books that I read is in the stock market, you really need to be able to control your emotions because if you can't control your emotions, then it's going to lead you to probably make poor decisions with when you buy and sell. And so I always take that one as like, you know, take a breath, take a breath. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. I mean, it's free advice from people who have experienced like so many downward trends or crashes or bouts of volatility. I think, you know, picking up an investing book, especially at times like this is really invaluable. If you've never done it before, set yourself a 2022 goal. Honestly, it can take time. It doesn't have to be like, you know, done in a month or whatever. Take your time with it. But it's, I didn't realize how valuable it was, even if a lot of people say it until I did it myself. Well, I think that brings us to the end of today's episode. Very happy to be back for season three. First episode of season three, done and dusted. We have mentioned it a few times on today's episode, but I would like to just do it again. A call out to our Facebook community group, YIGC Investing Podcast Discussion Group. I have been loving the content in there recently, especially over summer. There's been recommendations, there's been commentary around what's happening with different stocks, particularly at the moment, which is great. Also, obviously, our Instagram at YIGC Podcast. And I know this time of year, people are really setting up their money goals. So if you know that someone is wanting to get into investing, please feel free to share with them our summer series or just our podcast in general. We hope that we can grow this community for more people like you. We're also really getting into TikTok, YRGC podcast, so would love any support. Yeah, (laughs) please go like something. We're trying so hard. (laughs) I've got like 300 followers. (laughs) You will hear from us again next week. Catch you then. Bye. You're in good company is a product of Equity Mates Media. 
All information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of You're In Good Company are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Your In Good Company acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 